Alright, um, welcome to, I guess, the first episode of a Homestuck podcast. We couldn't come up with a better name, um, but I think it's a pretty good bit, so we're sticking with it for the time being. Uh, I am Aiden, this is my wonderful co-host, John. Hi, I'm John. Um, and we both have incurred an, an uncountable amount of brain damage over the years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. From Big brain damage from the webcomic Homestuck, written by one infamous Andrew Hussey, um, and I think we have taken it upon ourselves to revisit this nightmare that we have lived through and uh, see how it holds up, see how we like it from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, oh, I, go ahead. um I wouldn't say complete brain damage for both of us. I, I, I like to think that Homestuck has enriched my brain for for the most part sure there's slight brain damage but <laughs> i wouldn't say it's all the way across the board oh yeah for sure i mean i say brain damage because like i was really really like I, like this is like my story with homestuck from the start was like yeah. i was really really into it when i was like 13 14 uh this would have been back in the or back in like 2011 2012 so this was, like, around, like, kind of the peak of its popularity. Like, Act 5 was, like, in full swing. It was during that part of time where, like, if you went on Tumblr, it was completely unavoidable. And if you went anywhere else on the internet, there was, like, a 50-50 chance if you would go for an hour without, like, encountering, like, at least, like, a troll icon or something. Yeah. So, like, I have a lot of memory. Like, a lot of, like, my sense of humor and, like, my early experience of the internet were, like, shaped by Homestuck. Like, for the better or worse. So, like, a lot of my sense of humor... Um, just the general way that it, the, especially the early parts are written kind of had a huge impact on the, like, the irony that I employed for a long time and the way that I would, like, it, talk to people. Yeah, yeah. And at least this first part, I don't want to get too into it, like, immediately off the bat, but, like, a lot of, like, reading this first part that we did today, uh, like, I saw a lot of uh, like this, the style of writing is very evocative of a of times gone by for me. Um, what's like, like tell me, tell me about your history with Homestuck. Cause I actually don't know that a lot about you. Okay. and your early experience. Um, yeah. my my experiences with Homestuck. Um, I, I I was first exposed to Homestuck in I think like late 2012, early 2013. Uh, at the time, I I was getting really into meme culture, <laughs> and I, I I I set the goal for myself to 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 learn about as many memes as possible. I, I visited the website knowyourmeme.com <laughs> way more than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> um, and one day I went on knowyourmeme.com and I saw an entry for Homestuck, and I was like, "What the hell is this? I've I've never heard of this." Uh, I saw that it was a comic, and I was like, I don't, I don't really feel like putting time into a comic, uh, and so I kind of brushed it off. And then one day on YouTube, I, I, I saw a, a very classic video called "Don't," I think, I think, it's, I think it's called like "Don't Read a Webcomic Called Homestuck." Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, and I watched that, and I was like, wow, this, I, I guess I have to read Homestuck now. Oh my God! And, oh. <laughs> and I kind of, I kind of read it on and off for like the the first half of 2013 and then one of my IRL friends uh we were playing Minecraft one night and he was like hey you like Homestuck right and I was like yeah I, I guess 
And he was like, well, let's go on this uh, server that's a roleplay server for Homestuck. Oh, and, oh no. And that that night kind of changed changed like the entire course of history because uh, th- that night I can attribute to like meeting like all of my friends, including including my 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 lovely co-host here. I we 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 never would have met if if I had not gone on that server. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I remember um like. This was, like, around, like, 2013, right? Like Yeah, like, like summer of 2013. Yeah, because I remember I still am friends with many of the same people who you met that day, and I remember um, I would hear about that server. Um, I don't want to name names uh, to protect the innocent question mark in brackets. <laughs> um, but I, ha- I have friends who I still have who were on that server, and I know I, I know you now because of, like, you know, back in that kind of day, like, oh, there were Skype yeah. groups. You ended up, yeah. we ended up in the same Skype group at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and we actually weren't really, like, friends for a while. Like, we knew oh. each other, but, like, we weren't really, like, talkative for a long yeah. time. Um, so, uh, that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, like, I can relate to the experience of going Know Your Meme a lot, um, but that was, like, a couple years for me before Homestuck hit its peak. Like, I was probably, like, 11 or 12. Yeah, um, and I did that all the fucking time. Um, so this was like a year or two before like Act Five hit and like the whole popularity of it exploded. Yeah. Now I I know you you kind of like teetered off the Homestuck train. When when exactly did that happen? Um. So like the more detailed story of like me being into Homestuck is that uh I spent a lot. Of, I was really active on a certain forum. Um, when I was like thirteen. Um, and yeah. I had a friend on that forum who was really into Homestuck, and he was the, he, they, whatever, uh, were the catalyst of, like, me getting into it, um, because they really pushed me to get into it. Um, that person turned out to be kind of scuzzy in Oof. certain ways that, you know, when you're, like, I was, like, 13, and they were, like, 16 or 17, and, you know, like, that's, okay. it, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I did really get into Homestuck at that point. So I got into it and I like sped through the first like four acts to get to Act 5 around when Act 5 was like mid-updating. I think that like I remember like being in the process of reading up to it when people were getting excited about like the Act like Act 5, Act 2, I think. Yeah. I remember like I remember people around me talking about um like the big explore flash uh before the whole gamsy thing occurs uh back when i was still like in the middle of act three so I, and so i was like really pressured to like keep getting up to it right um so i got current around when cascade happened which was really good timing on my part because cascade was like the big thing we'll talk more about cascade eventually yeah uh but after that um i was so act six was like occurring um, and I kind of started to fall off around the beginning of Act 6. Like, I didn't like the Alpha Kids as much, um, and the slow progression of it kind of gave me time to just kind of naturally fall off it as my interest moved elsewhere at that age. Okay. Um, and the other part of it was that a lot of it, because I was rushing through it so hard, I skimmed a lot of the lore, and so I had a very tenuous grasp on a lot of what happens in early Act 6, because Act 6 is kind of where... Uh, it gets technical. Like, yeah. Act 5, you can follow the characters pretty easily, and then Act 6, the beginning of it, is where you would have, like, a really in-depth understanding of, like, the lore to understand why anything is happening at that point. Right. Um, 
So should we get into what we read for today? Um, yeah. Or is there anything else you'd like to go over? Well, um, I, th- I think I should make it clear for the listeners, I never fell off the Homestuck train. Mm-hmm. I, as, as, like... I'm looking I, at your Vriska icon on Discord as we speak. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, as, as soon as I, as soon as I joined that Minecraft server, I, I stuck with it until the death of the server, and we killed it. I, I became an admin, and we killed it in, like, 2015, and so I, I was still an active reader all the way up until the end of homestuck proper in 2016 mm-hmm. um and i i i was i i've just been addicted to homestuck anything that what pumpkin hands to me i i <laughs> i snatch it from their hands and consume it as quickly as possible um home homestuck 2 is happening i'm still reading that it's it's all great i'm i'm here i'm never leaving <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, part of why I wanted to do this, because this, this was, like, my idea, like, two years ago or something, where I was like, hey, let's do a Homestuck Review podcast, and you, yeah. you were like, yeah, let's do it, and I was kind of like, that would be funny, let's put it on the back burner for a while, now we're actually doing it, which is crazy, um, but I've always kind of had this, uh, ever since I fell off the Homestuck train, a couple of years passed after that, I kind of, I, I get really nostalgic for it sometimes, um, yeah. Just because there's so much to it, like I mentioned before, like this, my sense of humor I can definitely trace back to Andrew Hussey. Um, the music is something I get really nostalgic for a lot. And yeah. this this reading was it, it. This reading went and it touched a part of my brain that has not been active in a very long time in a very good way. <laughs> um, like hearing Megalovania in all the memes uh, because of Undertale and thinking like that's the Homestuck song to me. Yeah. Uh, um, but, like, I've always had this, like, nostalgia for it whenever I'm not actively into it. It's just that the process of getting back into it, um, is extremely onerous, uh, because it's very long. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot that happens before, like, the, the height of it, I guess you would say. I mean, I think that most of it is pretty entertaining, but, like, or at least I remember it's pretty entertaining. But there's a lot of filler, uh, up to that point. And so... right has a way of breaking your momentum. Um, and just besides that, like, it, it's just, it just hasn't been that rewarding to get into at this point, or, like, get back into, because up until, like, probably, like, this year, uh, it's really hasn't been culturally relevant. I know that, like, in 2016, there was the, it ended, yeah. and I started seeing more discussion of it, but it wasn't until, like, maybe the past year when... Uh, I was like Homestuck Two happened or the epilogues happened, but like stuff started to happen that people came out of the woodworks and were like, "Hey, let's get into this again." Yeah. Um. Last year was the the ten year anniversary, and yeah, uh, that was that was marked with the release of the epilogues on four thirteen, and then Homestuck Two started on October twenty fifth of last year. So last year was it? It was really the Homestuck comeback year. Yeah. So, ten years. And, and we'd actually planned to start this uh, a year ago on 413-19, but that didn't work out, uh, because we're both students and our lives are nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's something else I was going to say about the 10th anniversary. Well, one to me is crazy that it's been 10 years, but I was going to say something I forgot. But okay, let's get into let's get into what we actually read for today. Which... Yeah, Act 1, the act that everyone hates. <laughs> is there like a community does the community hate this is there like a is there like a community standing on act one um i i haven't seen a lot of people talk about it 
in a while, but when I did see people talk about it, uh, I, I saw a lot of people say that uh, Act 1 was, like, too random for them, and, like, not a lot happens. I can definitely it, see that. And, I mean, that's that's mostly because, like, all of Act 1, for the most part, is, like, user-submitted commands from the forums. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that extends to, like, up through all of Act 3, right? I believe so. It 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 it's, it definitely gets progressively less used. Yeah, even uh, even in this read, let's just get into it. So we read uh, pages one through one hundred and thirty-seven, which is about the first half of Act One. Yeah. So that's like from the start to up to the screen where uh, John installs the suburb game proper. So this opens up with the iconic "A young man stands in his bedroom" page. Um, I as soon as I opened this on my on my laptop uh, when I was going to do this reading, um, like an insane wave of nostalgia washed over me, and the first time he turned his head to the right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the animation started, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm home again." It's been so long. It's 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 such a, it's such welcoming imagery. Just a kid standing in their room, just that the door, that dude. sprite imagery. It it's it's so good. Yeah, it's. It's so good for so many in so many ways, and especially if like if if this comic meant like your life to you when you were thirteen, <laughs> same age as the kid. Um, so the the act opens on that. Um, we name him. He's not. He's John Egbert, uh, protagonist of this comic, more or less for most of it. Um, we get some details on him, uh, which I think are largely irrelevant. Um, well. As far as anything can be relevant in Homestuck, like, he has a passion for bad movies, which is very relevant. Um, the computer programming thing is not that relevant, I don't remember. And the magician thing is, like, a... It's, like, a visual aesthetic, but I don't think that that has a ton of relevance for his character. I don't know, what do you, what, what's your take? Um, I think uh, most of the details about John can be, like, they're either, like, extremely relevant, like, the bad movie stuff, mm-hmm. or, like, very, like, you can just ignore it. Like, um, the paranormal lore bit, I completely forgot that John's into ghosts, specifically. I I remembered him loving Ghostbusters, but, it, like, the actual claim being stated that he's into paranormal lore, I just feel like that's... It, it, it's just never brought up again. Why yeah, Why it, doesn't John talk about ghosts? <laughs> it really is just Ghostbusters and the slime around his shirt. Um, and the magician thing is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't re- recall that being like super relevant besides like visual aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, and then like, so we get the introduction. Um, there's a lot of like kind of video gamey fucking around. W- one one thing that like really stu- stu- stood out to me is the random-ass cursor that just comes out of nowhere. Yes, yes. What the fuck is the cursor? See, I I, I actually... Uh, so, I own the first two books from back before Viz Media got Homestuck, um, yeah. which I don't know if the comments have changed. But in the in the books for, like, the first couple pages, Hussey's comments, like, immediately say, like, I did the cursor thing on the first couple pages, and then it never appears again because I didn't like it. Um... <laughs> So, like, this was just a bit that existed until Hussey decided that it was 
lame and too much effort, and it wasn't very cool uh, for all of, like, six pages. Thank God. Thank thank God he got rid of it. it yes, thank God. It is God. a bad bit. It, it's... Eh. So, uh, so much uh, so much of this uh bit, like opening act is like slowed down by the video gamey stuff which yeah. is yeah like the next couple pages are a lot of just like um this introducing like the capture log inventory which i think is pretty clever but yeah. it takes up way too much of the beginning so, something that i i i i like about homestuck that that i think it does really good is that it'll it'll just introduce like meaningless words and show you how it they they work in the universe and it's just like never mentioned again like yes. it's 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 like it feels like it's wasting time like explaining it to you but but then when it like comes up later you're like oh i understand <laughs> what's happening and this ranges from the inventory system that is relevant for like two and a half acts to like the mechanics of the universe that are extremely relevant for the entire comic right <laughs> Um, which is why I'm taking, which is why we're taking notes on this shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, we spend, like, we spend ten pages in this beginning just nailing a poster to a wall because we have to go through every step of John taking things out of his inventory, like, putting them back in, making sure he has everything that he ha can't, like, has everything he needs to nail a poster to the wall. And it's this first bit that just kind of drags a little bit with yeah. the, the whole inventory stuff. Um, we get, like, an inventory of shit he owns, uh, like, yeah, there's a lot of fucking around at this point. Um, there's some references thrown around in, like, the first couple pages to earlier Hussy stuff, like, there's the Problem Sleuth poster. I don't know if you've read Problem Sleuth. I, I have not read anything that Hussy has done prior to Homestuck. How has Problem Sleuth been out for like 13 years and you haven't read Problem Sleuth? It's the I, best. I want to read Problem Sleuth. I keep intending on reading it. I just never get around to it. And <laughs> It's so short. It's like 500 pages. I, I know. I just, I don't know. Energy. I, 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 I really want to read it now, now that it's kind of become relevant again in uh -oh. Homestuck 2. No spoilers. You'll find out later. But... You have me motivation to get through this entire comic. <laughs> I love Problem Sleuth. I uh, I own the Problem Sleuth uh, book box set. Um, God, it's De it's dedication. It's good. Yeah, I, I I got it like as a Christmas present, like when I was like thirteen or something. Um, it's so good. And I was also really relieved to see that the link uh, on the page with the Problem Sleuth poster uh, still goes to the Topatico store. Um, where you can still buy that Problem Sleuth poster. God. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, let's see, we need to get introduced to the fact that John has a dad, uh, who's called Dad. I love Dad. Um, dad Egbert is good. One dad of Egbert! The, one of the best characters in Homestuck, ever. <laughs> I don't remember him having much relevance outside of Act 1, um... <laughs> Which is maybe indicative that I didn't make it, like, that far past Act 5, um, because I feel like bullshit happens past that point. Yeah. Um, but I am, if there's more Dad later on, I'm very excited for more Dad, because Dad is entertaining in this bit. Yeah, D Dad very much holds relevance through Act 5. Uh, I, I don't remember a lot of Act 5 besides the trolls. <laughs> that's, that's fine, that's fine, we'll get there. We'll get um, there and you'll learn. <laughs> 
Yes, um, yes. I am excited to get to Act 5 eventually. Good. Um, let's see. There's... The, the, the focus on data structures made me mad coming back to this. <laughs> as, as a computer science student, I forgot. As we are both computer science students. <laughs> the, the fucking fetch mode I, 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 stupid. <laughs> I hate it. It's very funny to me how, now, um, here, okay, so, I'm trying to get my divergences straight. So, I am a proud student of Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm graduating in a couple of months, hopefully. Um, and I have mentioned many a time that Andrew Hussey is also an alumnus of Temple University. So I go yeah. to the same, I go to the same college as he does. I think it's very funny, um, how, Hussey clearly spent, like, a semester learning data structures, like he took an elective or something, <laughs> and then it's like, oh shit, I can base half of the things in my comic off of stacks and cues, uh, and a hash map. Um, it's very funny. And, I don't know, I thought, th I liked this, because when I read this when I was 13, I had no fucking idea what a hash map was, or what a tree was, Yeah, and same. so it made no sense. Um, and, but now that I'm, like, an adult, and I know how a computer works, more or less. Uh, it's it's just kind of funny watching this very basic, self-satisfied level of understanding data structures. Um, let's see. Going forward, uh, we get introduced to all of John's, um, like, post movie posters. I'm trying to click through here. Sorry if there's my uh, mic's picking up my uh, mouse. But, so we get, like, all of John's movie posters, which are really good. Um, the Con Air poster is horrifically <laughs> relevant uh, through the rest of the comic, um, which is really good. I don't remember if the Deep Impact thing is all that relevant, but um, I've never seen that movie, so I don't exactly know. Uh, Deep Impact, uh, as, as is in the comic, it just kind of stands as, like, foreshadowing as to what's about to happen. Yeah, I can uh, see that. John specifically says that he's a fan of movies about the impending apocalypse. <laughs> so it it's it's very much just there for foreshadowing. Yeah. And like we said like like we said, um the so like the first three acts of the comic were mostly the structure of the early of early Homestuck was that on the MSPA forums there was a thread devoted to user suggestions for whenever there was a new adventure. This is the fourth adventure. Um, yeah. and so most of Homestuck early on, like, panel to panel is driven by a user saying, do this thing, which you can see when the narrative suddenly says, uh, squawk like an imbecile and shit on your desk. Uh, but it is still true that Hussey had, like, an, like, he wanted the plot to move in a certain direction. Right. So when you see a foreshadowing for, like, the impending apocalypse or whatnot, uh, th that's good, like, he meant for that to happen. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of confusion among people as to how how directionless the story is from the start, because I see a lot of people say that uh, Homestuck got bad once uh, there was a plot to it. And it's like, there was always a plot to it. It's just yeah. that he wanted less distractions from people trying to make the characters shit in the mailbox. Yeah, I, I, think, I think a lot of people forget that Hussey, like, really likes telling stories, like, his his uh non MSPA stuff like he really likes telling stories and Homestuck is it was very obvious that he he just wanted to tell this grand story 
has he done anything uh, non Homestuck related since Homestuck? I'm not um, keeping up with Hussey. No, not really. Um, he's mostly just been like being the producer on like the video games, like Hive Swap mm-hmm. and Pester Quest. I think. I think he's holding a high position on that. I don't know. Um, but no, he he hasn't really left the Homestuck realm yet, and I don't think he will, considering he's still like contributing to Homestuck 2 currently. That's actually kind of wild, because I remember whenever the comic would go on, like, long hiatuses, uh, to, like, towards the, uh, like, uh, around when Side 2 was happening, I remember everyone always speculating, like, Hussey just wants to be done with this and he hates it, and, uh, he wants it to be over, and he's never gonna finish it. Um, it, it's, I don't know, I guess it's, it's nice to me that he seems to at least be enjoying it, and he's coming back to it, like, of his own volition. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I saw a tweet from, I think someone, I think someone who's on the Homestuck 2 writing team, they, they said that, like, whatever, whenever somebody brings up Homestuck around Hussey, like, he just lights up, and he loves talking about it. Oh, that's and so sweet. It, I, I think that's great. I'm, I'm glad that he still loves this, this story. I am too, that's really good. I'm glad that, uh, the reason that there was, like, a hiatus that was, like, eight months long wasn't that he was sick of it and he didn't want to keep writing it. So, let's see. Where are we? Okay, so, speaking of Hussey writing, um, we get our first dialogue, like, a couple pages in, um, and I had forgotten that the first ever interaction between two characters we get in this comic is two 13-year-old boys talking about uh, getting piss in your apple juice and the it... movie Little Monsters starring <laughs> Howie Mandel and Fred Savage. It It's so fucking funny. It, it is. It's so funny, and it's even funnier in the context of this is page 26 of an 8,000-page long <laughs> comic that is insanely difficult to understand. <laughs> Uh, and the first thing is they're talking about fucking uh, Little Monsters, the Fred Savage movie. It's great. It's great. It's, 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 it's very emblematic of how this story likes to handle its character interactions, and I like it a lot. And um, this, this first, uh, this first conversation is with Dave, Turntech Godhead. Who the, un- I- the as of yet unnamed Dave. Yeah. Um. He, I I love their dynamic, um, John and Dave. I it's it's one of my favorite dynamics in all of Homestuck. Just a they're couple very, of bros. They're very entertaining. Um, we see in this panel. Uh, we get to see like the other names that he has in his friends list. Um, which are tentacle therapist and garden gnostic. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, Hussey from the start wanted to have like the. ACGT uh, naming scheme for all yeah. of the names, but he still named John E.B. Allegedly, that was an Earthbound tribute, because uh, if you haven't noticed, a lot of Homestuck is very uh, Earthbound-inspired. Yeah. Uh, but, so I guess he decided to na- to uh, make John's handle, like, break conventions just for the sake of having, like, a main character who was a little bit different. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, there's... Hmm. 
Uh, the, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. The spoilers. Uh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll get to it. I, um, it, it. I should expect that literally everything has some kind of explanation later on. Yeah. That's the great thing about Homestuck. Everything has an explanation. Everything is meaningful. There's a reason for everything. Usually. 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 There's one thing in mind that isn't explained, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But... I know, not to skip ahead to the next room, but I know that there's, like, a gif where, like, the compression makes it so that j- the, the the ghost on John's shirt turns from green to blue for a couple frames, and people went fucking wild with speculation over that. So, like, there's things that are, like, not necessarily super important, but, like, in general, it's good to remember literally every detail, because almost every detail becomes a fucking Chekhov's gun at some point. Right. Um, but yeah, like, I really like this dialogue, uh, the, just, like, the initial dynamic of, like, them talking about, uh, the hypothetical of getting your apple juice pissed in and then resealed by Monster Howie Mandel, um, and then them just talking about, uh, like, B-movies is really funny. It's good. Um... I I, I I like to think that this does feel like a very authentic like conversation between thirteen year olds. Part of it does and part of it doesn't. Uh I don't remember talking like with this much irony when I was thirteen, but like a lot of dialogue in the first act I feel like has a very thirteen year old quality to it. Yeah. Um I I I believe it was confirmed that like a few a few of the dialogues were actually like just straight copy and pastes from Skype logs that Hussey had with his friends. Yeah, a couple, I think it's a couple of them. Again, in the book, there's comments about this, um, and it's only, like, one or two. Okay. Uh, because the, like, I think, one, he didn't have enough to make it, like, applicable to every situation in the comic, um, and, like, he didn't want to just have too much dialogue shitting around uh, when he had things he wanted to get done that he had to work around the readers already to deal with. Right. Um... There, so, let's see, uh, we get introduced to the concept of the Suburb Beta, uh, which they are all eagerly awaiting. Um, game of the Year. Game of the Year. Dave is pretending that he doesn't want to play it, but he's doing, a, he's very transparently trying to be ironic and conceal his excitement for it, and it's very funny. Yeah. Um, I want to make a quick note here, um, that, so there's a panel uh, where you get to look at John's CD rack, right? It's page 31. Yeah. Um, it has links to, like, Bard Quest, which is the first MSPA, or the second one. Um, uh, has links to, like, a Problem Sleuth, which is, again, fantastic, you should read it. Um, uh, has links to the, what, Pumpkin Sword? Uh, which is funny. Oh, no, that's to jail, okay, that is to jailbreak, that is to jailbreak. Uh, I, my notes are wrong. And it has, if, one of the things you can mouse over is, and it don't stop, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a comic that Hussey made years ago, um, where, rappers uh control giant robots that duel um and they are controlled by rapping and it's incredible <laughs> the, i that do, sounds like such a hussy thing are you so you're not aware of this before i i've 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 heard of i've heard of it but i wasn't like familiar with what it was about oh it's awesome i haven't read it in probably a good 8 years um there might be a couple n words in it uh oh. but <laughs> it's it is extremely funny to me that it is uh I think it is still available online. Um and it's not linked to here. 
uh, even though the other comics have links to it. So I just thought that was really funny. Um, let's see. What do we have? Uh, more kind of, like, window dressing. I don't remember how relevant the Colonel Sassaker's book is. Oh, it's... I remember. I remember that it comes back, like, through Act 4 or something, but I don't remember it past that. It... It it definitely comes back past that. It it, okay. it keeps its relevance for a while. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I should I should expect that at this point. I think. <laughs> um, there's another conversation between John and Dave, um, where Dave opens up saying that uh, Rose keeps hitting on him. That um, which that has aged. Poorly. It has aged very poorly. Um, that was one of my first thoughts when I opened this page, was like, wow, that's... okay. Um, that's weird. <laughs> Looking back on early, early Homestuck shipping, it's... whew. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. And some people haven't changed, and it, it's rough. It's rough oh, out there. Oh, God. We'll, maybe at some point later, if we have the stamina to try to delve back into early Tumblr tags, if there's any good archives of online from 2013, I'm sure we can have a fucking field day <laughs> with that stuff, because I remember being in the heat of it, and oh boy, what a nightmare. Um, and, and we'll get more of that when we start getting to uh, Act 2. Uh, we can discuss that some more when we get to Act 2, because that's the... The Dave stuff... Dave is the... I think Dave is the epicenter of every horrible shipping drama that has occurred with Homestuck. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> we'll get to that when we come to it, but, yeah, okay. Um, but it's still... E even with the later knowledge that we get later, which is that uh, Dave and Rose are related um, in some abstract Homestuckian way, uh, that uh, it's still very natural and it's funny in the way that Dave is like yeah dude this chick's totally hating on me um and John is responding in a way that's like I can definitely identify with when my friends are trying to you know like chat it up and I'm like I can spot their bullshit yeah uh which is another really good kind of 13 year old interaction um let's see uh John uh on a whim of advice from Dave, allocates his strife specifist, which is his weapon equip slot, to hammers, which I read that and I'm like, I can definitely identify with making an arbitrary choice when setting up some program env environment that affects me for the next eight years. <laughs> um, let's see. We have the line of dialogue where, uh, see let me go back uh dave says okay well you've permanently allocated your specifus um hope you like hammers dude and john says in response yeah that's fine i guess i can't imagine it's going to be all that relevant that that line just speaks for a lot we things. both had we both had in our notes that we should make that the title of this episode uh which i think is a good indicator of kind of the way that homestuck goes forward um, we get to the Game Bro panels, um, which, well, this whole early section is kind of hard to narratively, like, go point to point because so much of it is, like we said, like, just fucking around with minor details. Yeah. 
but the Game Bro thing I do want to focus on a little bit, uh, just to slow us down even more, because um, I think a lot of what makes Homestuck special is that this was in 2009, um, and pretty much through all of it that I remember, there's constant, like, references and, like, a climate adopted from what the internet was like at the time. Yeah. And Game Bro is a perfect time capsule of a kind of video game journalism that does not exist anymore. It and I kind of miss it. it. I I, I, I miss it too. I miss it too. I know there's always the jokes on Twitter about like uh uh my 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 divorce taught me some hard lessons and so did Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And I you know what? I miss Dennis was so wasted. Haha, I mean damn so much. (laughs) I miss that kind of review because this is what video game reviews were like in 2009. Just, just the line of, um, I didn't actually play this game, but I gave it 1.5 hats out of five to keep it real. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so good, and just Hussey's talent for graphic design as well. You start to see the ironic, his ironic talent here with the graphics of uh the dudes on bikes uh blurred and stuff (laughs) the 1.5 hats out of five hats it's so perfect um what do we have next uh what comes after game bro trying to go through my notes here maybe i should change the paper notes because having a text file is just plain black text on a white background um we we finally start getting John going out of his room after a little bit more inventory fucking around. Uh, so forty seven pages in, he's in the hallway. Um, we start seeing kind of more of Hussey's like set dressing talent when it comes to visuals, in that there's just clown paintings everywhere in this home. This this house is a fucking nightmare. It this house is a nightmare. <laughs> There's clown paintings, there's little clown statues in glass cases. There's a cake on the there's a there's a cake on the couch. Um there's saloon style doors going into the kitchen, which I don't know why he decided to clean that detail, but I really love it. Um and we also get a name drop of Betty Crocker being John's arch nemesis, which is another incredibly funny thing that is extremely relevant through thousands of pages from now i i'd say all the way to, to the end <laughs> the, the point at which i dropped off it was still relevant so i'm going to i'll believe you it's it's this is another instance of oh we've set up this Chekhov's gun that will never that will be just be continually firing in full auto for the rest of the comic i think it's incredibly funny that he just has a a, a link to the betty crocker wikipedia page yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, the the links as, like, an Easter egg are really funny for the first couple of acts. That are, I don't know how long they maintain relevance, or if there's enough, like, random bit humor post-Act 5 to use them a lot, but they're there through the first five acts, and they're very funny. Um, there is a, he looks at the fireplace, and there is a Shakespeare quote distributed to Mark Twain, uh, because... <laughs> No quote in Homestuck is correctly attributed, um, according to Hussey himself. Um, we get the first instance of the uh, fondly regard cremation joke appearing in Homestuck, 
which is a carryover from Problem Sleuth, and I think that okay. that I think that that phrase gets some use in Homestuck as well, like that kind of format. Yeah. Um, knocks Grandma's ashes over, which will never be relevant. Uh, cleans it back up, and then we get another thing that's going to be relevant shortly, which is the giant Harlequin doll gift. It. Uh... <laughs> which. If I recall correctly, it's not only relevant through this act, but through, like, literally the entire thing. We never get rid of the Harlequin dolls' uh, metaphysical DNA. Yeah, the, they're here to stay. It. <laughs> yeah, like, all of the aesthetics in the, the, the beta kids' houses is, like, establishing what the aesthetics of the comic will be for the entirety of it. Um, we go back upstairs, and we get our first bit of dialogue with Rose. So what did you think of this? Um. Hmm. I like Rose. I like her dialogue. Um. I. Rose is just something. It's Rose it's, is, it's hard Rose to put is, into words. Rose is probably my top three characters in this entire comic. From what I remember, uh, she's really funny, and I really like her. Um, like, though I can really empathize with going through this phase as a kid where I typed with complete proper grammar and I oh, was yeah, an asshole. I, it, yes. It hits really close to home. It It's it's so good. I, I the, the sarcasm she does is really good. You know, like, she's kind of, she's not, like, ironic. She's just sarcastic. Yeah. Which is a difficult thing to explain to people who haven't been online for their entire lives. But, like, it's a very real thing. Um, uh, there's a lot more fucking around, uh, to this point. Um, I don't know, why do I even take notes when I'm, like, skimming through the comic, uh, just to try to get through it? I, this is, this should hopefully be less necessary as we go on, because... Yeah. It, it's so meandering at this point. Yeah, once, once things start happening, it, I, I feel like it'd be way easier to, like, just find things to talk about. Yeah, like, I wanted, to, I, I want to keep this first reading short because, like, I feel like there's a lot to talk about just with the way it's set up, which yeah. I think has been true up to this point. Uh, but it also makes it kind of difficult to discuss what's actually happening in the comic because nothing is really happening in the comic. <laughs> um, let's see. Introduces the whole sound page thing, which is, like, cool. Um,. There's the funny little Joker statue, which I messaged you a couple days ago saying we need to make this the thumbnail for the first episode because yeah, it's, it... in, it's only it's only gotten funnier in 2020. <laughs> um, one of the first one of like the little details that I noticed around the house, uh, that I think is probably relevant in a way later is that uh you see there's like portraits of of john and his father on the wall and i noticed like from the start we're kind of establishing that john does not have a mother yes it yeah john john Oof. <laughs> which is not like a thing that is explained for a very long time but I think it's interesting that it's introduced at all, or, like, hinted at at all this early. Yeah, uh, t typically, you, you, 
you'd think there'd be like some sort of imagery of like a mother, but mm. you just see you just see Nana and it 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 does it does a good job of establishing that like John has an interesting family setup with his weird dad and his grandmother's ashes planted firmly on right above the fireplace. Yeah, which is very intentional because like later you see like I'm now remembering that like in a couple of acts we're gonna be just the Jade and her family setup is she's there and there's her only parental thing is like there's her dog, which I guess is the parent, and then there's her like grandfather's uh <laughs> stuffed dead body, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so like this is it's one of those things we look at, like, okay, maybe this is just, like, video gamey, and, like, okay, uh, you don't have a dad in Pokemon, except for in Emerald, um, but, uh, it's, it, now that I'm thinking about it, it's very clearly intentional that there's no mother figure present anywhere in John's life indicated up to this point. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the first, just, S arrow page. Yeah. Um... I have a lot to say about this. What do you you go first? Um, it, I'm gonna keep it real. This this is one of my favorite pages in Homestuck. Uh, just just the shots of like John's neighborhood and and the 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 words at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes. It's uh. It's the one, uh, hold on, gotta get my words together. <laughs> uh, a familiar note is produced, it's the one desolation plays to keep its instruments in tune. It, I, I love that quote. It's, it's, that foreshadowing, it's great. It's it, really good. Uh, and that's actually, sorry if I cut you off. It's actually, that's actually the name of the first act, I'm sure you're aware. If yeah. you go on the, if you go on the map. Uh, on homestuck.com, uh, the first act is called The Note Desolation Plays, which I knew for a while because I had gone to the map periodically in the years past, but I had never remembered that it was directly attributed to this page. Uh, when I was rereading this, um, I got to this page and I had a similar experience where I was like, whoa, this is really, really good. Um... And I wasn't sure if I would classify as pretentious or not, but I think considering the ambition of, like, the scale and the ambition of Homesick as a whole, I think that this is a really strong opener to that. Um, And I think Hussey did a really good job with this being, like, excuse me, like the, uh, just the the jumping off point, or, like, the point where he's like, I'm going to keep it real, this is kind of what we're in for. Yeah. The quote, uh, like, the the quote um, at the start is really good. That, like, you said, like, the shots of his neighborhood and how it just kind of feels like... It, it, it feels like suburbia uh, in a very, like, condensed and minimalist way. I love the art style of, like, the clouds and the sun, which is a symbol that Hussey liked enough that it, it, it stays in the comic for a while. Um... But mostly, I think I really like the second paragraph, where it says, uh, it is your 13th birthday, and as with all 12 preceding it, something feels missing from your life. Yeah. Um, I really like that, and I'm not really sure 
uh, why. Like, it's, it's good, it's a really good way of conveying kind of, like, how John's life has just been up to this point. I don't know, like, it gives you a good set, like, it establishes the character well when there's not really been much to establish him yet. Yeah, and, and another thing about this page, um, you said it feel it makes it feel like suburbia, but it there there's a haunting feeling to this page. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's there's a very strong emptiness to John standing in his yard and these shots of the neighborhood, and it's it's obvious that like people live in this area, but you don't see another person. It the, the, there's just a distinct loneliness to it, and. Yeah. I don't know. It it hits different. The- <laughs> <laughs> it certainly do. And I think that kind of goes in along with, like, kind of the pre-established role for most of the comic, or at least, like, most of the first half of it, where, um, all, like, all of the dialogue in the first five acts, uh, with the exception of a couple specific things, is through, uh, like, texting. Like, characters don't talk face-to-face to each other until, yeah. like, act six. And I think that, like, this opening flash um, showing, like, clearly he lives in a neighborhood and he's surrounded by people, but John is, like, the only human presence in it. Yeah. I think that just goes really well. And I think that, like, from the start, it's clear that Hussey had, like, a thematic thing he wanted to convey here. Yeah. That I, that I love. It, it just, it really makes me wonder, like, what life is like for John in this neighborhood. Because I th- I think I think if I remember correctly, it's shown that this is like a sub a suburb a, a suburb um like in the Seattle area, and yeah, th- this is like there's a clock like earlier a few pages earlier on John John's computer, and this is specifically at like four in the afternoon, four thirteen four thirteen in the afternoon, and it it I don't know just the lifelessness of it, the emptiness. It's so good. It, it's. Uh, I was not expecting to have a page that hit me this hard this early on, and I was very pleasantly surprised. And like the way it ends, it just says it, you have a feeling it's going to be a long day is both amazing foreshadowing, um, and also just it's a really good way of just tying together the feeling that this page gives. It's it's emptiness. It's also a very loaded statement of it's it's going to be a long day. Oh God! I I don't know if if you knew this, but the the first five acts of Homestuck all take place in the span of a day. Roughly. The first five? Yes. I didn't know. Okay, I thought that act five occurred over a bit more time, but I guess I had... Okay, I can see that now, Um, but uh, that that makes this even better. I love that. So this is definitely, like, the high point of the reading. And then because it's act one, the next page is immediately someone... It's immediately a prompt telling him to shit in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, this is maybe the one time that this bit, this joke is still funny. Uh, just because of the ju- juxtaposition of the previous page. Uh, so John goes outside. Um, he's outside. He looks in the car and he sees the, gre- the green package. Yes. And a uh, slip of paper under it. Uh, the green package um, is an item for later. Uh, I don't remember actually what it is, but that's not what we're looking on right now. We're looking at the red package. It's, 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 it's a package. It's a surprise for much later, I believe. I, 
I, I, I remember things in the first couple acts, but like I, I can't remember what's in the green package. So don't no spoilers. Okay, I, I um, definitely no spoilers. Uh, but so this this is me coming back to Homestuck for years of not reading it. So this is like a journey of rediscovery. Um, so we go back inside. Uh, we have the first combat sequence between John and his dad. Um, but before that, we have this really good, uh, S. John enter page. The enter thing is, like, another thing that happens a lot in the story. Um, but the effect of John confronting his father to a creepypasta reading heartbeat is so comical to me. Uh, it sets it so well. Um, we have, then we get to the first strife page, which were a big thing in the first couple acts. Yeah. I don't know... I feel like that bit probably fell by the wayside just because there were less instances to comically do a battle page. Yeah. Uh, but they're pretty They're pretty funny early on. Um, we have John trying to murder his dad with a hammer, and we have his dad just trying to give him a birthday cake, uh, which John has once no part of. Um, so... We met through more inventory fuckery. We managed to grab the red package and the suburb beta disc and make it back to John's room. Um, at this point, we have probably the most offensive sequence of boring inventory management. Uh, I don't know what you thought of it, but this is the part where I'm always, whenever I reread Act One, which I've done a couple times in the years past when I was just trying to get back into Homestuck that never made it work. This is the part where I'm always like, oh my fucking god, get get through it, get through it. Yeah, it... Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, rough just watching John just meticulously do each of these steps. And it, it's bad. But it's, it's also good. <laughs> it's, it's good. It is good, but um, I imagine it was probably better when this was all there was. Yeah. Uh, now that it's, like, I know that there are real characters, um, it's, like, I want John to go back and- I want the 13-year-olds being mean to each other. I don't want to watch <laughs> John throw his jazz PDA out of the window. Uh, we get the first, um, we get another pester log, uh, on page 110, uh, where we get the first hint of Jade. Um, where she just kind of logs on and said and tells him happy birthday, uh, then- uh, logs off. Um, I don't... Jade is one of those characters, and we'll talk more about her later, that I, I don't really have a lot of feelings on, because I yeah. don't remember a lot. Um, but, so, she exists. Um, and then we get some more... <laughs> and then we get some more, uh, Dave and John talking, uh, where we have some of the most... I think this is some of, like, the most well-remembered Dave dialogue, where he's asking, uh... He's asking John why all of the girls in his life are talking to him and not Dave. Uh, and he asked him if he broke his leg on a puppy or some shit, which I think <laughs> is a really... That's just a great line. Yeah, it's good. Um, they talk about more B-movie stuff, um, and Dave professes his hatred of Matthew McConaughey. And John uh, gives a, an emboldened defense of Matthew McConaughey that only a 13-year-old could provide. Oh, yeah. It... <laughs> um... <laughs> One of my favorite Dave quotes is when John says he, he he corrects Dave on the spelling of McConaughey's name, and Dave says, "Sounds like a noise a horse would make," <laughs> i.e., dumb. 
<laughs> uh, and then, yeah, and then that goes into Dave talking about uh, how much he hates Nick Cage. Um, and then John is like, uh, no man, Cage is sweet, so sweet, which is also incredibly funny. Um, there are, it, it, one of the few th- good things from the books that I've taken notes on, uh, that are in Hussey's notes, is that Hussey talks about, um, the science of coming up with a good, with good John movies and, like, good John actors, because they can't, they have to be lame, but they can't be too lame. Yeah. And they can't be too good either. And I think that uh, Matthew McConaughey and Nicolas Cage were probably the perfect choices. Yeah, uh, big agree. Point. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because uh, Nicolas Cage has, in the years since this, maybe not so much now in 2020, but big time in 2013, uh, Nick Cage was a hugely ironic uh, actor to joke about. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder, I'm sitting here now wondering how much of the David uh, of the not the, of the Nick Cage uh, meme, uh, Hussey was responsible for, which is a chilling thought. I'd say he's responsible entirely for bringing for bringing uh, Nick Cage. I keep wanting to say David Cage, and that's not right. For, 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 Hussey is entirely responsible for bringing Nick Cage into the meme of, into the realm of the ironic. Uh, which is which is horrifying and extremely good as well. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people say that like before Homestuck, they didn't even know that like Conair existed mm-hmm. or like I believe that Nick Cage in general. So I feel like with how Homestuck blew up, Nick Cage is kind of po- I don't want to say popularity, just presence was definitely escalated by yeah. Homestuck. I mean, maybe some of that was National Treasure. I don't know when that movie came out, uh, but I know that that's the other big one that people joke about. And I don't yeah. think there's, I don't recall any a lot of National Treasure jokes in Homestuck. Maybe that comes later. I don't know, but most of the Cage jokes center around Con Air, which yeah. I have seen, um, and certainly is a film. I okay. <laughs> I I actually really love. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. We'll have we'll have to go and watch it together at some point, just so I can brush up on my Con Air. I um, I, I I watch it a lot with with my family. They love it too. I oh, that's awesome. It it I it's it's just so good. Just the the shot at the end where the where the plane's coming down on the the <laughs> the strip. It's it's great. Oh, oh, and he comes he gets out of the plane. You see his hair waving in the wind. It's so it's, good. It's so great. Um. <laughs> we also get in this pester log the detail that uh Dave's sunglasses, which we have not yet seen, um at one point belonged to Ben Stiller. And I forget the movie um that he wore them in, uh, because I am not as much of a Ben Stiller scholar as I am yeah. with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. But I would also like to note that the Ben Stiller shades are another uh joke carryover from Problem Sleuth. Oh. Uh, where that specific pair of Ben Stiller shades, at one point, um, if I remember correctly, gets attached to a marble bust of Snoop Dogg, <laughs> and falls through a wormhole, and abs- and through those shades is observed the entire history of the universe from start to end. So that's a that's a good extra bit of detail. Great. <laughs> which is, which <laughs> everyone should read Problem Sleuth. It's Problem Sleuth is the best. Please read Problem Sleuth. Um, 
we get uh, John opening the Typhius web browser, which is another thing that I saw. And I was like, that's that's a thing later on. I don't think Typhius is that important, but I remember that it's like a boss or something. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Typhius is one of the denizens of one yeah. of the planets. Specifically um, John's planet, I think. Yeah, I think all the kids, their browsers are their denizens. If Oh, to live in a world where there were like four major web browsers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's another instance where it's like, oh, this is like a minor thing that becomes a larger but still relatively minor thing but it's an it's like a good microcosm of like even if something might not be super important then like it's going to be relevant again because i don't know if hussy likes to reuse assets or what or if it's just the way he tells stories yeah but it's it's gonna be there um he goes to mspa uh this joke has aged a little bit poorly because homestuck is no longer hosted on mspadventures.com it's sad very sad. Uh, but it is a reminder that I cannot fucking wait to get to the Midnight Crew intermission. I I love the Midnight Crew. They're they're so good. It, the Midnight Crew intermission is one of my favorite parts of the story. Um, and is one of my motivating factors short term to get through it. Good, good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but then we get to uh, John actually installing the suburb beta. Um. He installs the client, uh, and it doesn't do anything, um, which is a kind of funny, like, if you were trying a multiplayer game in 2009, you had this experience where you were like, okay, now what the fuck? I don't have a server. Um, we get some more, like, set dressing with, uh, John's room, with the data structures book. Um, I, I, I another, uh, this is like my other note from the Hussy books that, uh, the, the Hussy note from the book that, uh. I thought was funny was that uh, when the trolls were first introduced, um, a big theory was that uh, data structures for assholes was written by Carcat, <laughs> which, as Hussey puts it in the notes, um, is a great theory, except for the fact that it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> which is, which is a lot of Homestuck theorization early on. Oh yeah. Um. We, I, we, I I can't go go ahead go ahead. We do see our first um foreshadowing of till death the programming language which we'll we'll see we'll see where that comes into play later but it it's very important. Yeah, that like the till death uh like little logo thing, I have a it, that is in my brain storage somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the specifics of it, but I know that it comes in later. I also like that it just has a discrete mathematics textbook, um, which, you know, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Hussey did, uh, take a CS minor or major or something, because you wouldn't know that discrete math was important unless you actually took a selection of courses on it. Um, th there's just more pages about, like, the abstraction of the video game, uh, like John trying to switch his inventory mode to, uh, between stack and queue. Yeah. Uh, John trying to put down the razor and not getting it. Um, which is kind of funny because this is a, I think this is just Hussey wanting to be an asshole, uh, and not, uh, just, I think, because the characters put, pick up and put down stuff all the time later, and I, I this, this page is kind of like, what's the point of this? Yeah. Um, I, the inventory management continues, uh, for a while, um, until we get John finally opening the package. Uh, and the package contains 
the self-same bunny from Con Air. Uh, and this is potentially the first thing in the comic that is not only relevant, but is like ominously relevant this is extremely this is the this the bunny is like the major plot signifier of acts one through five and possibly beyond oh yeah um something i think that's worth noting is that uh hussy actually owns the bunny what yeah uh he it's it he confirmed that like he actually like got the bunny It, it it even came with um a certificate of authenticity just like john's um, I think he said he paid, like, a thousand dollars for it. Damn, Maybe more. that Kickstarter money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I never knew that. That's, yeah. that's wild. Uh, did he acquire it before or after he decided to use it as a prop in this story? Um, after. I think he got it in, like, 2013, maybe? Damn. That's cr- I never knew that. I love that. It's good. It's it. it he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> He's done more with that bunny than Con Air did. <laughs> narratively speaking, um, no, no, no affront to Con Air or anything. It's a great movie. Um, so here we get, uh, and so uh, we get our last pestilogue of the reading, um, where we have uh Rose and John talking, um. I think it's, uh, I like that, uh, there's the detail that Rose already knows what gift Dave got John. Yeah. Um, I think that that kind of hints at, like, a really cute dynamic behind the scenes of, like, their, Dave is definitely excited to get John the rabbit. Yeah. Um, and he definitely was talking to his friends about it, which I love. Um, and then you have, uh, another, like, pivotal line, um, that, I don't know if Hussey knew how relevant he would make this when he wrote it, but he definitely worked out where uh, Rose says, I've heard tales of this wretched creature often. Its Homeric legend is practically ensconced in the fold of my personal mythology by now. And John just says, haha, what? <laughs> I love that. Um, I This is part of why I love Rose so much is just the, like, I find her sarcasm extremely funny, like I said earlier. Um, and then you have another line, like, in this log where she's like explaining to John the concept of a server and the client in the kind of dumbed down way that you explain to your relatives, uh, what a server is when they ask what it is. Yeah. I, I, I just really love that. And then we close out on this with the suburb install screen, which is which classic. One of it's so good. The song is one of my favorite songs in the entire soundtrack. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's it's really good and the the spirograph imagery it I, I I love this page a lot. It's it's not like the same as the earlier flash we talked about. Oh but yeah, like the imagery of it is just so classic to me, and the the it, it acts like a good portal into something more in a way that is kind of understated in the moment. But like as like, as time goes on, and, like, as I get further away from this, as the point where it happens, like, it ages really well. I yeah. Um, and that's, like, I decided that we would, I, I decided we would stop here, because, um, like, the following, the, 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 there's more video gamey stuff, uh, after this, and then, like, we can't conclude Act 1 with more, like, story stuff. 
but I decided I'd had enough of the video game for now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess that was the first. Well, that was. I guess that was our first section. Uh, we got through it. Uh, without too many hiccups. What? So what do you? What do you think so far in your reread of it? Because I know that you told me you hadn't reread it to this point before. So what do you think? What, yeah. What, where um, are you at right now? Um, I'm enjoying it. It. It's. I'm. I'm definitely enjoying this. This bit more than when I read it the first time. Because I. I I feel grateful for these shenanigans before before everything kind of shits Gets itself and expands. It, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, th- there's something about this part of Homestuck that that I kind of miss in the later bits. Not 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 necessarily like the resource, well, inventory management. <laughs> um, but. The low stakes of the dialogue and stuff. Yeah, it, I guess it. There, there's a coziness about it of just John just fucking walking around his house, mm-hmm. and just just occasionally talking to his friends. It. I I definitely miss the way I felt when I first read it, like not knowing where things would be going, because it's 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 such low stakes right now. It's it just installing the game. Mm-hmm. He struggles with his dad briefly. Yeah, it it's just so simple, and I I like it. I, I I think there's a there's a cuteness to it of how much nothing is happening. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also feel like in almost in the opposite way, where like I do like this part a lot. Again, like not so much the uh, the inventory management, but just John talking to his friends is very yeah. cute, and I. I, I'm enjoying that a lot, um, but at the same time, I have, like, most of my grand memories of Homestuck are, like, Acts 4 and 5, which I'm excited to get to, um, yeah. but just reading this also has kind of reminded me uh, how much I just enjoy the dialogue, um, and I feel like I'm going to enjoy, like, Acts 2 and 3 a lot more than I remember, just because I know that's the point where there's still a lot of the video game stuff, but... Uh, it takes a little bit more of a backseat to uh, both the dialogue, the world building, and like uh, using the video game as a venue for humor more than just for the sake of being a video game. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that I'm looking forward to uh, in that vein going forward. Um. So let's so. All right. Uh, so next time, do you want to say round out Act One? And yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to go over before we close? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think I think we've covered enough. All right. I would say this has been a this has been a successful first <laughs> recording session. God bless. Um. Once again. I'm Aiden. I'm John. Um, uh, and this this is AHP. Uh, I hope there's more, and I hope that anyone who's listening right now sticks around with it. Um, good to have you guys. See you all in the next episode. 